Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is home hymnals. Grab yourself a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles or crochet hook and join us. Let us introduce ourselves. I'm Pastor Amanda Zenzelow, and I serve as the pastor at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Don Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, so this comes from you and from spending a almost a year worshiping from home. Three quarters of one, mm-hmm. yeah. Will definitely be more than a year by the time we're all said and done with this whole thing. It will be. So what do you find the most helpful about having a home hymnal? Thinking back on it, trying to remember, like, when did I bring my hymnal home? What was the Sunday that it came home with me, right? Did I have it right away or mm-hmm. did I leave it there for a bit? I think I took my hymnal home with me the week we shut down. Okay. Because in the hymnal, this is where I get our prayers for the day. Okay. And so right away, I knew that I would need it for Sunday worship. So this came home with me really, really quickly. Throughout the pandemic, I've started to bring home additional resources. So as a pastor, I have additional books that come with it, like the Book of Occasional Services for Assemblies. It's Mm -hmm. a big red book. And I have the Leader's Desk Edition of the hymnal that includes kind of the stuff that's in the big presider's book okay. that goes up front. And I just brought the leader's desk edition home this week. Oh, interesting. Right before Christmas Eve. So we're recording this a bit early, but right before Christmas Eve, I brought that one home because I debated bringing the presider's book home, but it's a little too big to fit on my desk with my monitors and the ring light. Counter and space is an issue. It's a big issue. And so... But I need the prayers that are in there for the Eucharistic prayer, because on Christmas Eve, we're going to have a full Eucharistic prayer. Okay. And I needed the proper preface to go before the Eucharistic prayer. So I think for me, the hymnal is a tool. The hymnal is something that helps me to lead worship. It's something that helps me to have words that connect us with the wider community, because these are still words that are being spoken and prayed all across the country by all kinds of people in our denomination. And so it still keeps us rooted and grounded, even though there's so much that is uprooted about how we are having our worship right now as we gather together exclusively online. So for me, having the home hymnal is part of that. But it had a lot of thoughts about this over the last week or two, because we have intentionally, over the last week or two, gathered up some of the hymnals from the church and started delivering them to people in the community. Oh, really? Who don't have them at home. Was it a request that they made, or is it something you just thought would be helpful? We have lots of folks who are starting to join in singing the hymns, and instead of trying to scan the music and send it in to them, send them a picture. We're getting them copies of the hymnal so that they can just open up to the hymn number and sing out of the hymnal. But not everyone has one at home. Well, and this was going to be my next question. Is this a paper thing, a convenience thing? Because it's the computer age. You can find all of this online if you wanted to or needed to, right? You can find some of it online, but a lot of the prayers or those kinds of things are not necessarily online. You might be able to find the lyrics of the hymns, Mm -hmm. but they might be a little bit different from denomination to denomination. What they consider to be verse two versus verse three might be flipped. And so for all of us to be literally on the same page, having a hard copy of the hymnal helps. 
Now, that being said, the other congregations I've served didn't buy the new hymnals because we were printing everything on Sunday morning in our bulletins. We weren't using hymnals. In well, our and other congregations would be showing it up on a big screen up front too, correct? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And on Sunday mornings, we put that information right now, we put that information on the screen and share the screen via Zoom. So that information is also available in that way. But historically, at Central, we have the Evangelical Lutheran Worship, which we've done a podcast on before. Mm -hmm. We have this in our pews. I have one that I have used to preside from since it came out during my first call. And it is, it is loved. (laughs) (laughs) It's seen some use, huh? Oh, yeah. Well, not 15 years, because it wasn't there my first year. What year was this published? This was published in 2006. Okay. So it's been my weekly companion since 2006. Okay, so I'm kind of out of this because I've mentioned before that my husband's family has a lot of pastors in it, which means Mm -hmm. I got a lot of copies of these (laughs) hymnals throughout the years for one reason or another. Mm -hmm. Is this something that you would recommend that people seek out and try to get a hold of? You know, I hadn't thought about it before. Like for church nerds, yeah, it made sense to be like, yeah, go ahead and get your own hymnal. But otherwise, if you're coming to church on Sundays, the music will be supplied for you. Sure. Right. So you will either have a copy of the hymnal in the pew or it will be in your bulletin or it will be projected. So if you're coming to the church, you'll have the access. But what has changed this year is our access to our sanctuaries. And if the only way to access our hymnal is at the sanctuary, then people have lost their access to their hymnal. Mm -hmm. And it made me start thinking about what is it about the hymnal that is important? And it's gone from being just a kind of every weekend tool Mm -hmm. to recognizing that this is actually an incredible spiritual development device. This book, this hymnal, is actually something that holds a tremendous opportunity within it. In that, we know that we can worship God wherever we are, and that we can pray wherever we are, and we can sing, and there's no one right way to pray, and there's no one right song to sing. And it can feel overwhelming to not know how to do those things. If we are someone who comes to a church and lets other people guide the service and we've never put a service together ourselves or we haven't led it ourselves and now we can't go and participate in worship with other people doing it, then worship life begins to suffer. Mm -hmm. If you have this book or one similar, you can follow what it says And the rhythms of our faith pattern will still be held true. The words will still be there. The music that is known, you'll have the words and the lyrics too. The prayers that offer consistency and pattern and comfort are all in the book. And so in this one book, you have an entire way of being with God and in worshiping in your hands to access. And nothing can take that away from you. 
Now, it's not the only right way to pray. No. It's not the only right way to worship. Well, and you're never going to require one for Zoom worship for Central either. Not even slightly. But I've been thinking about the confirmation students and for them to have this entire year, the year where they were supposed to be confirmed, right? Where they have been out of the gathered worship space and just recognizing that these are the same, like maybe because I'm thinking about them and I was thinking about what kind of a gift would we give them at the end of their confirmation time. When students graduate and they go off to college, they may or they may not find a church. Mm -hmm. But if they know how to access their hymnal, church can never be taken away from them, right? If they can find a connection to the history and the traditions and the tools that are in this book, even if our buildings close, even when they can't go to a building or go to a facility or have a connection with a facility where they're at, they still have the grounding of their tradition, the tradition of their families, the tradition of their childhood, all at their access at their fingertips through these books. One of the things I've thought about in the past is how I have heard people romanticize the pastor's Bible. Okay. Right? Oh, my pastor's Bible is beat up and the pages are crinkled and there's notes all over it. And I've in some ways felt badly because I don't have a Bible like that because I use Bible Gateway a lot. It's a website, right? It's in my phone. I have yeah, the scripture with me in 85 translations. But I've seen tape Bible too, my friend. Right, but that's because it lives in my car, <laughs> not because it's had a lot of use, right? Because it lives in my car and gets beat up. Sure. So that kind of um, beat up by use, because I use a ton of different translations for a ton of different purposes, and I don't have 35 Bibles of different translations, but I can pick up my phone and mm -hmm. I can look it up and I can have 35 translations of the Bible and start doing comparative work that way, right? The Bible is our base of our faith, but I use lots of versions of it. My hymnal, however, is the book that is beat up and loved. It is waterlogged from baptisms. My baptismal pages are all crinkly because sure. it's been waterlogged. I've got post-it notes that I've now using highlight tape to keep them in there. Sure. I have names from people that I baptized in their little sticky mark from a decade ago, right? This is the book that carries the story of my ministry, not my Bible. My hymnal carries the story of my ministry. And again, I know uh, it's hard, right? Because I don't want people to think that I, I worship the hymnal more than I worship the Bible, right? Because that's not true at all. But I think for the generations that come, we will always have access to scriptures. We will always find a way to find a Bible. Our hymnals have not had such easy access. I've not been thinking about what we worship, but the how we worship. Sure. What we worship has not changed during COVID one bit, but how we worship and how we access worship in 2020 has completely changed. Mm -hmm. And thinking forward on that and the implications of that, I've had much more interest in getting the hymnal into the hands of people, their own copies, so that they aren't reliant upon buildings and leaders to tell them how, but they can know 
that wherever they are, whoever they are, they can worship God with confidence and without doubting themselves and without questioning whether or not what they're doing is right and good. Does it matter to you what version they have? If somebody's able to get their hands on the old green one, is it going to have the same value? Sure. I mean, I think it helps that it be somehow connected to your community. Okay. And there is always a benefit to an updated hymnal. The reason we update them is not because the publishing house needs to make more money. (laughs) (laughs) No. Right. We update them because we update language. Sure. Things change. Things change. We update, you know, our theology. Again, it's not what we worship that changes, but how we do it Mm -hmm. that changes. And so we change the lyrics of songs to better reflect our current time, or we shift and change some of the prayers in order to be more inclusive. Those kinds of things all happen within the publications that we offer. Okay, so all this being said, what's up with the blue one? The with one voice. It's mm-hmm. like an addendum hymnal. It's a helper hymnal. A right? helper hymnal. I don't know that it's a helper hymnal. I think they called it a hymnal supplement. Okay. So with one voice came out between the LBW, the mm-hmm. green hymnal, and the ELW, the cranberry hymnal. And with one voice came out in between those two. Okay. And it gave a couple new liturgies and lots of new songs. And there's actually a new supplemental hymnal that is coming out right now. Oh, my. For the ELW, because we haven't published a new hymnal since 2006. Mm -hmm. Things have changed a little bit in the last 14 years Mm -hmm. around language and around what people are looking for in a liturgy. We've become uh, more multicultural. We want more options. And there's other hymnals. There's This Far by Faith which is based strongly in kind of an African-American Black hymnals. So there's spirituals and those kinds of pieces in this Far By Faith, really, really rich resource. There is a Spanish hymnal that is available through the ELCA. So this one is going to be called All Creation Sings. Okay. And it's being previewed kind of right now. And I have not had time (laughs) to look into it much. I'll be honest. Time in 2020 is a tricky beast. You either have too much, not enough, or all at the same time. Time is soup in 2020. And I can't decide if it's like a borscht or chicken noodle Mm -hmm. right now. But that kind of supplemental hymnal or different kind, they're all available. And I think it's useful to have them just to see what kind of different resources have gone into them. Are there things in these that you may not realize? I know we've done a podcast on hymnals in the past. And for me, the most amazing thing about hymnals, and I know I've said this before, is that at least in the traditional ones for the Lutherans, you can search for a song by the opening line, which is so valuable (laughs) for those of us who that's all your memory can hold. It's so good, right? The indices in the back are fantastic. But I think some of the resources, at least in the ELW, that people don't realize, and again, this gets into why I think they're incredible tools for practicing faith at home is the ELW has an entire daily lectionary listed in it. So not only does it have the Sunday lectionary in the front of the hymnal with the prayer of the day for each Sunday for all three years of the cycle, but in the back of the hymnal, it lists the daily lectionary readings for the whole three-year cycle. The small catechism is in there. 
Mm-hmm. There's a ton of prayers that's in there. The Psalter, the Psalms are in there in the front. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole host of resources at the beginning and end with the hymns just being one part. It's a lot of it because they sure. take up a lot of space, <laughs> but there's a whole lot of resource in there. Excellent. That's going to bring me to my last question. I'm curious. One, how many do you have? And do count. you want to get them all? <laughs> Are they like Pokemon? Exactly. <laughs> ELW, I choose you. Um, currently, I have a lot of them. I can't count. I have a shelf and a half, maybe three shelves full. I can only cop to having three variants. <laughs> well, I have a lot from different denominations I'm as well. Sure. And a lot of old ones. And yeah, I like to have them. I like lots of resources. I like having a lot of resources. Excellent. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about home hymnals. I look forward to sitting down with you another week on another topic. As do I. And if you are interested in getting a copy of the Evangelical Lutheran Worship Hymnal or any other hymnal, you can go online to Augsburg Fortress, look them up, and you can get a home hymnal. They're about 20 bucks a piece and get that sent to your home. And if you're interested in a Lutheran Book of Worship, an LBW, the Old Green Hymnal, contact us. We have extras. Maybe I can get one in the mail for you. In the meantime, until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you no matter what.